and glad to have Nick Childs and Tom Polis on today. Nick is a fixed income portfolio manager with a focus on securitized markets and Tom is a securitized products analyst. This episode came about after a conversation we all had a couple weeks ago at the office. You guys are pretty excited about what's going on in MBS markets right now. There was a bit of hyperbole, to be honest, but I think you laid out a pretty strong case for MBS and laid it out clearly. Let's go ahead and, and try to break it down again. And Nick, we'll start with you. Hasn't been a good year for any fixed income, but MBS has sold off worse than treasuries. So can you start just by explaining the unique pressures we've seen on MBS that sort of drove that disproportionate sell-off and then why this is probably a good thing going forward? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Adam. You know, there's two main reasons. Number one revolves around the Fed's asset purchase program. We call this quantitative easing, and this is what they did in COVID to survive the financial markets in terms of liquidity. And number two, interest rate volatility. There's a common belief that during the global financial crisis, if the Fed had moved faster and larger, the crisis would have been shortened. So during COVID, they look back at that experience and, and, they, and that's exactly what they did. They moved very quickly and in a sizable fashion. And so that was all well and good, but their buying program, their asset purchase program just went on too long. So what ended up happening is just a severe distortion in the mortgage market. So fast forward today and what we would refer as quantitative tightening or the Fed ending their asset purchase program, uh, look, the opposite has taken place and we've seen some of the worst excess returns in agency mortgages since the global financial crisis. In terms of interest rate volatility, mortgage rates have moved up um, in a magnitude and speed in which we haven't seen since the early 1980s. Interest rate volatility in general, if, if you look at the Bank of America Move Index, which quantifies that, with the exception of two weeks in March of 2020, you know, we haven't seen this style of interest rate volatility since the global financial crisis. And all of this is frankly just very negative for mortgages, right? Where interest rates are going, where mortgage rates are going is what drives fundamentals in mortgages. There's no credit risk in mortgages. That's that's why they're counter-cyclical. However, there is interest rate risk, and re, which is effectively refinancing risk. That's the major risk in mortgages in which allows for the spread and the spread product. We're in a Fed hiking environment. We don't really know when inflation and how inflation comes down. But as we move toward the Fed's perceived neutral rate, you know, naturally interest rate volatility should come down. So MBS sort of had this disproportionately bad sell-off because not only did they have the rate volatility that all fixed income was seeing year-to-date, which to your point likely is going to go lower, not higher from here because it's been such historically high rate fall to date, but then MBS also specifically had these kind of supply increase concerns because of the quantitative tightening as you laid out. So now that those things are, are priced in, going forward, there's all the concerns about recession coming along. So how much of that do you think is priced in and say if those fears around recession are realized, how does MBS as an asset class perform during that kind of economic downturn or significant slowdown? If you try to compare this period, and if you do believe it is a supply issue, given what the Fed's done, and I think most would agree with that, you can look to the 2018, 2019 period. Spreads are around 50% wider to averages seen in those periods. So I would argue that we're very much priced in to very close to worst case scenario. 
in terms of what happens in a recession, the great thing about agency mortgages and why I think investors use them structurally in their portfolio is the countercyclicality of the product. There is no credit risk, right? So in general, that's that's very helpful. And look, if history kind of even rhymes, right? Quantitative tightening, which is effectively causing the dislocation today, could end. And in fact, if history repeats, dare I say the Fed moves back towards quantitative easing and actually starts buying the product all over again. So as I see it, should things get worse, this is actually a windfall for, for agency mortgages and, and not, not vice versa. That makes sense. We've got an investment grade asset class and agency mortgages with a lot of bad news priced in. So then the other part of that conversation a couple of weeks ago was about how mortgage rates have moved up so historically quick over this last six months and what that means for the MBS index and maybe how the MBS index is sort of structurally flawed in a new way because this rapid rise in mortgage rates. And so you guys are active managers in this space. So Tom, can you walk us through, because of these recent moves, the ways that the MBS benchmark sort of feels broken to you guys right now and, and what the pitfalls might be of staying passive in MBS and not active? Yeah, absolutely. Part of to look at where we are now is kind of look at where we were in mortgage rates a couple of years ago, right? So that production had shifted to these lower coupons, so two, two and a half percent. But given the raising rates we've just seen, Mortgages are now being produced at 4.5%, 5 and 5.5% coupons. So the MBS index right now is predominantly 40% twos and two and a halves. That is no longer being produced, and the supply of those coupons has significantly been reduced by our quantitative easing over the last few years. The Fed now currently owns 60-some percent, if not a little more, of below 2.5% coupon. That's a lot of the float that's gone, right? So trading in those coupons doesn't make a ton of sense. They don't offer the same amount of carry. They're trading extremely tight given the lack of float out there. So we've sh shift where we can capture more carry, more spread, as well as take advantage of the higher rate volatility. So those are more negatively convex coupons. When ball comes down, we get a more upside as that rate volatility dissipates. And then at the same time, we can actually reduce that negative convexity in those coupons by picking prepayment stories that will do better in both the discount and more predominantly in a rally back, there'll be a lot more upside in price appreciation. So the first thing you mentioned with the Fed owning, you said 60% roughly of the 2.5% and lower coupon loans out there ties to what Nick laid out as one of the concerns is all this increase in supply because of QT and the Fed not buying as many of those. But you're saying the big opportunities in the higher yielding loans that are more recent this year. So an active manager should be able to sidestep some of those you know, supply increases that some investors are concerned about. Yes. I mean, the market overall has been concerned about when they go into this quantitative tightening, not only do they stop buying specific coupons, which they aren't buying those lower coupons anymore because they're no longer being produced, but if they need to sell, which is a big hot topic in the market, they are going to be predominantly selling two and two and a halves, which at this point, besides passive buyers, don't have a lot of natural buyers. So that means that there's going to be a lot more supply in those coupons that both the street and brokers, as well as private money managers like ourselves, might need to take down as the Fed sells. And if that's the case, they need to be at wider spreads. So from where we are at this point, at these dollar prices, it makes more sense to be in the higher coupons the Fed are currently supporting, as well as as they quantitatively tighten their portfolio, won't get as much of an impact from future Fed sales. 
And then owning some of those higher coupon mortgages, you're at closer to current mortgage rates in the market. So if rates did go back down for whatever reason, you're a little more exposed to prepayment risk. But you mentioned there's a bit of a toolkit as an active manager to manage down some of that prepayment risk. So so what are some examples of types of loans that would have kind of below average prepayment risk? So obviously your largest prepayment risk is as rates move lower. So right now we have mortgage rates close to five and a half, if not higher. When we move back down to, say, 4.5%, a lot of these loans that we are being produced right now are going to be refinanceable. And given the capacity that current originators still have from the last refi wave from 2020 to 2022, they will target those borrowers pretty aggressively. Typically, those borrowers will be more incentivized to refinance their loans. They can lower their payments. Maybe they could even tap a bit of equity as rates go lower as well. I would say the best performing loans in sort of a rally back for these higher coupons are going to be a lot of your loan balance stories. So loans that are less than 150K in total size, it takes more of a rate move to incentivize those types of borrowers to prepay. Other stories, so different types of second homes, which now after certain rule changes from the FHFA, it takes more of a rate move for a a typical second homeowner to refi those loans. So those should do quite well. A lot of these lower loan sizes, these credit stories, will have less incentive to refinance, which means you're going to be getting a higher cash flow or more carry over a longer term compared to if you were to buy a higher loan size or just your run-of-the-mill sort of average borrower. They'll be incentivized to refinance as rates move lower because they're going to start seeing the dollar advantage that they'll be saving on a monthly basis by refinancing to the lower mortgage rate. To recap then, flaws in the MBS index and why it might be a broken benchmarks of sorts right now is that the index is more skewed towards those lower coupon mortgages, like the two and a half percent, give or take, which one is just lower yielding and two, that's where there's more pressure from the quantitative tightening. And then also it's not skewed towards the higher coupon bonds, which are the more recent mortgages which you're explaining is the opportunity for an active manager and be active and manage that prepayment risk. The ways you explained, you know, buying smaller loans or second homes or just being active in, in the selection to manage down the risk of the prepayments along the way. Yeah, I think that summarizes it quite well. One of the things I think folks don't necessarily realize in the agency mortgage market is 80% of buyers are not total return buyers. They're not passive mortgage investors. They're not active mortgage investors. They're not total return investors. They're banks, sovereign wealth, institutions, and they're, and they're focused around the most liquid area of the mortgage market. They're not focused on deep discounted twos and two and a halves. And this is the real problem. And I think the issue in, in which the Fed is now presented in terms of, you know, how are they going to sell these assets? And, you know, in the end, we'll see, see how it works. But I think active has an advantage, uh, at least today versus passive, just given the starkness on kind of what the current mortgage market today looks like versus, versus what the index or outstanding mortgage market looks like. So that's pretty good. I think we'll wrap it up here. It's a good recap of that conversation a couple of weeks ago. And thanks to our listeners for joining. And please don't forget to like or comment. And if you'd like to hear more from Janice Henderson, you can find more Global Perspectives on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you listen. And of course, check out the Insights section of the Janice Henderson website. And thanks again. See you next time. The views presented are as of the date published. 
They are for information purposes only and should not be used or construed as investment, legal or tax advice or as an offer to sell, a solicitation of an offer to buy, or a recommendation to buy, sell or hold any security, investment strategy or market sector. Nothing in this material shall be deemed to be a direct or indirect provision of investment management services specific to any client requirements. Opinions and examples are meant as an illustration of broader themes, are not an indication of trading intent, are subject to change and may not reflect the views of others in the organization. It is not intended to indicate or imply that any illustration or example mentioned is now or was ever held in any portfolio. No forecasts can be guaranteed and there is no guarantee that the information supplied is complete or timely, nor are there any warranties with regard to the results obtained from its use. Janus Henderson Investors is the source of data unless otherwise indicated, and has reasonable belief to rely on information and data sourced from third parties. Past performance does not predict future returns. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal and fluctuation of value. Not all products or services are available in all jurisdictions. This material or information contained in it may be restricted by law, may not be reproduced or referred to without express written permission or used in any jurisdiction or circumstance in which its use would be unlawful. Janice Henderson is not responsible for any unlawful distribution of this material to any third parties, in whole or in part. The contents of this material have not been approved or endorsed by any regulatory agency. Janice Henderson Investors is the name under which investment products and services are provided by the entities identified in the following jurisdictions. A. Europe by Janice Henderson Investors International Limited, registration number 3594615, Janice Henderson Investors UK Limited, registration number 906355, Janice Henderson Fund Management UK Limited, registration number 2678531, Henderson Equity Partners Limited, registration number 2606646, each registered in England and Wales at 201 Bishopsgate, London EC2M3AE and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority, and Henderson Management SA, registration number B22848 at 2 Rue de Bitburg, L1273, Luxembourg and regulated by the Commission de Surveillance du Secteur Financier. B. The US by SEC registered investment advisors that are subsidiaries of Janus Henderson Group PLC. C. Canada through Janus Henderson Investors US LLC only to institutional investors in certain jurisdictions. D. Singapore by Janus Henderson Investors, Singapore, Limited. Company registration number 1997007082N. This advertisement or publication has not been reviewed by Monetary Authority of Singapore. E. Hong Kong by Janice Henderson Investors Hong Kong Limited. This material has not been reviewed by the Securities and Futures Commission of Hong Kong. F. Taiwan ROC by Janice Henderson Investors Taiwan Limited, independently operated, Suite 45A1, Taipei 101 Tower, Number 7, Section 5, Sinyi Road, Taipei, 110. Telephone, 1. Approved size license number 023, issued in 2018 by Financial Supervisory Commission. G. South Korea by Janice Henderson Investors, Singapore. Limited only to qualified professional investors, as defined in the Financial Investment Services and Capital Market Act and its sub-regulations. H. Japan by Janice Henderson Investors, Japan. Limited, regulated by Financial Services Agency and registered as a financial instruments firm conducting investment management business, investment advisory and agency business and type 2 financial instruments business. I. Australia and New Zealand by Janice Henderson Investors, Australia, Limited, ABN 47, 124, 279, 518, and its related bodies corporate including Janice Henderson Investors, Australia, Institutional Funds Management Limited, ABN 16, 165, 119, 531, AFSL 4, 
44266, and Janice Henderson Investors, Australia, Funds Management Limited, ABN 43, 164, 177, 244, AFSL 444268. J. The Middle East by Janice Henderson Investors International Limited, regulated by the Dubai Financial Services Authority as a representative office. No transactions will be concluded in the Middle East and any inquiries should be made to Janice Henderson. We may record telephone calls for our mutual protection, to improve customer service and for regulatory record-keeping purposes. The ICE Bank of America Move Index is a well-recognized measure of U.S. interest rate volatility that tracks the movement in U.S. Treasury yield volatility, implied by current prices of one month over the counter options on two-year, five-year, ten-year and thirty-year treasuries. Quantitative tightening, or QT, is a contractionary monetary policy that is the reverse of quantitative easing. Janice Henderson is a trademark of Janice Henderson Group PLC or one of its subsidiaries. Copyright Janice Henderson Group PLC. C0722-44637. 123023 TL